Welcome to another PI World podcast. This is an audio-only version offered as another way to enjoy our great content. A full video version can be seen on piworld.co.uk, where you can find many more videos of interest to investors. Thank you and good morning to everyone. Uh, my name is Matt Timmins. I'm the joint CEO of Fintel, and I'm delighted today to be joined by my co-CEO, Neil Stevens and CFO, David Thompson. Uh, throughout the next sort of 40 minutes or so, we'll take you through um, the Fintel H1 2023 results. I'll start with a quick overview of the business for those of you who are less familiar with Fintel, and then I'll hand over to David, who will take you through a financial review of the first half of the year, before handing then to Neil to take you through um, the strategic delivery of the business, along with the current trading and outlook. So first of all, over to an overview of Fintel. Fintel operates right at the very centre of the UK retail financial services market. We operate with two incredibly strong and trusted brands in terms of de facto and Simply Biz. Both of those brands have been around for over 20 years and provide vital technology and support services to the sector. We have three customer groups in terms of we support product manufacturers, those are the banks, building societies, asset managers, and life and pension companies. And then we support financial intermediaries. They are IFAs, mortgage brokers, and wealth managers. And then we support the end consumer in terms of helping them to make smarter financial decisions. We support around 400 product providers and over 10,000 intermediaries in total. Our role within the sector is to help product manufacturers to design better products and distribute them effectively. And we do that through the provision of data to product providers and also through our distribution capabilities through SimplyBiz. For intermediaries, our role here is very clear. It's to help intermediaries to serve more customers more effectively by providing them all of the support services and technology they need to operate a compliant and successful business. And for consumers, our role is to help consumers to make smarter financial decisions through the provision of research and product ratings. What sets us apart from the competition is primarily our unrivaled market penetration. We are the largest firm of our kind in the market. We have the largest database of financial products in the UK, a tried and trusted brand with expert analysis on financial products and regulatory expertise. And we are the leading regulatory and business support provider to financial intermediaries. As I said, we have two strong brands with a track record of delivery and very, very strong brands. Both of these brands provide very different services. So de facto provides fintech to product providers and to intermediaries, and Simply Biz provides support services and technology to the intermediary space. As I say, very different um, in terms of the services they provide, but a common um, customer base. Both of these firms, provide services to intermediaries and product providers, with de facto also providing ratings to consumers. The strong brand awareness amongst the two businesses, so de facto has 70% brand awareness amongst consumers and 98% amongst financial professionals. As I said, both businesses have been operating for over 20 years and they are high quality businesses delivering strong gross margin and strong SaaS and subscription revenue, recurring revenues. Where the businesses work incredibly well together is when they operate as one within Fintel. The more intermediaries who use our technology products, the richer 
the data set that we have and the more information that we can provide to product manufacturers on consumer behavior. The more product providers engage with our research and ratings product, the richer the data set becomes for consumers. And the more consumers who use the data to help make smarter financial decisions, the more we can feed back to product manufacturers on the types of products that consumers are looking to buy. So the two businesses together work incredibly well and produce this wonderful flywheel effect. In terms of the size, scale and reach of the business, we provide insurtech to insurance companies and fintech and workflow to financial intermediaries. We have a product called Matrix that de facto operates and sells to product manufacturers, primarily um, GI and um, insurance companies. We have 119 product manufacturers who use the de facto Matrix product and eight and a half thousand intermediaries who use de facto Engage to give advice to clients each and every day. We research and rate 43,000 financial products with 4 million data sets. And in terms of reach, when you look at the premium income and volume in the general insurance market, we provide technology to 84% of the product providers within that market. And 32% of financial intermediaries in the UK use de facto Engage to give advice to clients. When it comes to regulation and business support, we provide support to 8,000 intermediaries on a monthly subscription basis through our Simply Biz business. Collectively, those firms have over 100 billion in assets under management, and that is around a 30% market share in terms of the directly authorized market who buy support services from us on a monthly basis. When you take the two businesses together, we provide support and technology to over 10,000 intermediaries. And collectively, those firms write over 25 billion in new mortgage lending each and every year, and 64 million in terms of protection APE. This is around a 5% share of the UK lending market and a 20% share in terms of the protection market. When it comes to product ratings, over 40 million financial decisions happen each and every year through UK consumers carrier de facto star rating. And that equates to over 12.3 billion pounds worth of GI policy premiums written each year carry a star rating. And as I said before, de facto has over 70% consumer awareness, making it um, one of the, the largest and most trusted brands in UK retail financial services. In terms of the first half of this year, the highlights for the business is that it's been a really strong period for Fintel against what is actually a difficult market backdrop. Um, we've grown the business organically. We have improved our margin. We've delivered strong cash flow conversion, and we've increased our dividend by over 10%. On top of the strong financial performance, we've continued to deliver well against the strategic plan. We have converted 79% of partner revenue now to distribution as a service. So that's converting um, uh, annual repeatable contracts into a long-term three-year-plus um, monthly um, subscription revenues. We've also enhanced our product and platform by launching new modules of our technology system and helping firms to understand the complexities of the consumer duty. We have also added two new acquisitions into the fold in the form of MyCap and Competent Advisor. And we've invested into a modern technology business called Planner 
which operate specialist CRM to financial intermediaries. Looking forward, we have high revenue visibility with 68% of our revenue now coming from SaaS and subscriptions. We've got nearly 13 and a half million pounds in the bank and an 80 million pound undrawn RCF facility. And we believe there are strong growth drivers um, ahead. There is increasing regulation always brings demand to our regulatory business to Simply Biz. Demand for digital and insight services and to have um, essentially one technology product across intermediary businesses is creating demand for de facto. And we have an active M&A pipeline in place. So just a touch on the strategic delivery for half year 2023 before I hand to David. We've completed a new contract with Intelliflow. Intelliflow being a supplier of ours for around 15 years. And we have signed up to a new five-year deal with Intelliflow on improved terms. We announced in June the um, 25% acquisition and investment into Planner, which is a specialist CRM biz business built on modern technology, helping intermediaries to do a better job for their clients. In July, we announced the acquisition of MyCap. MyCap is the leading provider of alternative investment research in the market, and that fits incredibly well with the de facto business. In July 2023, we also announced the acquisition of Competent Advisor, which is a learning and development platform used by thousands of intermediary firms to record their CPD and to provide training for advisors within their practice. A really great system built again on modern technology. And both of those businesses, both Competent Advisor and MyCap, add in IP into the business. They add in um, core technology into the business and they add in thousands of um, new users into, into Fintel. As we look forward, we've got a very active pipeline, a qualified pipeline of future M&A. It's probably the busiest we've ever been in terms of M&A activity. And we fully expect that there'll be more M&A to come in the latter part of 23 and going forward into 24 and beyond. So with that, I'll hand over to David, who will take you through the financial results for the first half year of 2023. Over to you, David. Okay, thank you, Matt, and good morning, everyone. Just as a preface, I mean, we've got half year results here that show the inherent strength and the diversity of the business. And we provide a number of different services across retail financial services to a diverse range of customers. So in any particular area of the market that's difficult, we've got a number of other businesses that will do well. So you can see statutory revenues down slightly, 2%. However, you can see that the core revenue, which is our main driver of value, is up to 27.6 million, showing inherent growth in the core business. Now, the main driver for that statutory revenue is twofold. Firstly, is the connectivity in the UK housing market, and that's affected the non-core property surveying business, which it has to be said still remain profitable in the period and it's contributed to group EBITDA, but you can see there there's a drop in revenue from 5.1 to 4.1 million and that's created the downward pressure on statutory revenue. Now, secondly, the core revenue growth would have been higher still on a like-for-like -like basis. As previously announced, we signed a new five-year technology contract with the Intelligent Office and that took the form of a net reseller agreement going forward. So, we account for the revenue and costs slightly differently on a net agency basis. So albeit that that contract generates the same EBITDA in, in absolute terms, so you get a significant increase in the profitability and the margin of that contract. And in terms of profitability, again, you can see growth period on period on a statutory basis with EBITDA reaching 9 million for the first time in the first half of the year. 
Now, if we look at how earnings converts to cash, although the increase in UK corporation tax from 19 to 25% had a small negative effect on our EPS in the period, what you can see here is the operating cash conversion is still strong, 104%, and an increase in available cash balance is now up to 13.3 million and importantly, no debt. Now, we've included a slide further on that shows a detailed cash flow bridges. We have been investing in the period, which is why that end cash results not even higher. And it's important to understand how that generated cash has been deployed in the period and give everyone greater visibility over that. But if we focus on the core business, which is a key driver of value, you can see revenue growth. However, again, for clarity, we've embedded in those first two columns the drop in software license revenue that purely reflects the change in accounting treatment on, on a like-for-like -like basis that core growth would have been north of 4% in the period. Now, we do have good cost control as a discipline, as a business, and although we have had circa 5% wage inflation on average, we have managed the non-staff costs well in the business, and you can see a 500k increase in revenue flows straight through to EBITDA, and again, 8.8 .8 million core-adjusted EBITDA, 8% growth. And another key measure of our success is the percentage of our revenues that are assassin subscription in nature, and that's reached 68%, which is one of the highest results we've had. So we've got a revenue stack on this slide, and as discussed, you can see in the top grey coloured segment that non-core is reduced by a million to 4.1 due to the current trends in the UK housing market. Now, it's fair to say that the core business isn't quite immune to that either. So we have seen the black middle section there at 8.8 .8 million. And as we'd previously discussed with you and, and factored in a reduction in core revenue in terms of the mortgage lending panel that we have, and that's slightly offset by good growth in the de facto ratings product, which is annually repeating and not quite assassin subscription. And that leaves the key driver of value, which is assassin subscription revenues, and they've grown 6% or £1 million. And on the bottom right-hand side, there's just a handy bridge that shows uh, non-cores down a million, core repeatings down half a million, but most importantly, co-assassin subs is up £1 million. So you can see how the different parts of the business affect the revenue growth statistics. Again, for completeness, we provide the more detailed performance of the core business as a whole, all the way down to the profitability. And you can see increasing percentages across all the metrics. And on the right-hand side, we provide a reconciliation back to the statutory numbers so that you can see how we've arrived at the core numbers from the statutory business. So importantly, on slide 15, we've got our performance across the operating segments. And if we take them in turn, so intermediaries growing to 11.5 million, but that's not quite the full story because that 11.5 million could be bridged with a 700,000 reduction from the net accounting for the intelligent office contract, offset by other inherent growth in that segment of 0.8 million across memberships, other software products and additional services. So good embedded growth in there north of 6%. And the gross profit also benefits from the removal of the related pass-through costs from Intelligent Office. And we think that because that renegotiated contract now switches from 25% margin to 100% flow-through, we expect the weighted gross margin to be circa 45% going forward, and we can see that there. Now, distribution sees a 0.4 million decrease, and again, that's due to the previously mentioned UK housing market and the mortgage business, and that's come off 20% period on period, and that's slightly better than we had thought. 
The marketing services remains in line with the prior period, although the good success there is in converting ever more to at least three-year contracts. So now circa 80% of that marketing revenue is on a three-year contract basis as opposed to annually repeating. And that's, that's our distribution as a service model. And again, on the right-hand side, you can see FinTech and Research again performed really well in the period with near double-digit growth in both revenue and margin, You know, thanks in part to additional software license sales that flow straight through to the bottom line. So if we take that presentation and apply it to the business as a whole, you can see that the slide ties the segmental results together. You can see the relative performance of core and non-core. Now again, tying back to the statutory totals. So you can see the core business generates a gross margin of 54.3% and admin support costs again well controlled such that there's a net 2% increase in period up to 6.1 million pounds. So if we look at what that means for cash and resources and ability to grow and invest, you can see here that when the business acquired de facto in 2019, it set about integrating it. It was a large acquisition involved in equity raise and debt and set about you know, integrating it well. So the deleveraging strengthening of the balance sheet since the acquisition of de facto has all but been completed and we move into a new further investment phase. So we've also doubled the EBITDA de facto since we acquired it. It's now circa £11 million. And now we commence further investment. You can see that the utilisation of our own funds to invest in both external businesses and further development expenditure internally. We work on more service offerings and new integrations. And you know, We've got that track record with de facto and we'll, we'll ensure that all the other M&A we do is equally successful. And of course, we've still got access to the full 80 million revolving credit facility, and that's remained undrawn for over a year now, but still supports any future M&A activity. So I've added a new slide this year again, as aforementioned, increased investment going forward. We provide more detail on just on how the cash generated in the business in the period has been invested or returned to shareholders. So increased investment means we provide more clarity of how that investment's been made. So if we start on the left with 7.9 million of cash generated in the period, there's 1.8 million of cash tax, and when we're a cash taxpayer, we pay that quarterly on account. And the balance has been used to invest 1 million in a 25% stake in Planner, that new CRM solution to the IFA market. We spent 300,000 on tangible fixed assets and infrastructure, and we've invested 1.6 million on capitalised development expenditure. We've returned 2.6 million to shareholders in the period by way of dividend. We've paid 200,000 of commitment fees for access to the undrawn 80 million revolving credit facility. So you can see that we've deployed most of the excess cash generated in the period into investment, and that leaves us with 13.3 million of available cash resources. And now we have our ubiquitous cash conversion slide. So we can see the operating cash conversion is still strong at 104%. The reason it's, it's off 20 percentage points is more DevEx in the period, as you can see in the bottom right-hand side. We've included the six-month progression of how we've invested for growth as we go forward. And then finally, for me, in summary, so you know, there's a pivot point of the de facto business is well integrated. We've got other m &A pricing becoming more attractive in the market. We're looking at investing to grow more now and deploying a balance sheet further. And you've seen more tangible evidence of that in July with the acquisitions of MyCap and Content Advisor, which are clearly two great complementary services added to the portfolio. And that's key as we pursue further growth 
in the sector. And finally, we've got 10% growth in interim dividends to 1.1 pence per share in line with our progressive policy. So with that, I'll hand over to Neil to take you through some of the important strategic highlights of the last six months. Thank you, David, and uh, another good morning from me as well. It's um, great to be announcing solid financial performance whilst making continued progress with our strategic developments. We set out back in 2020 how we're going to develop our platform, take the business forward to create value. And I think we've built on that scale over the last three years and had some great success digitizing the platform, creating more software services, getting higher engagement with our customers, which opens lots of opportunities to upsell and cross-sell them fantastic additional products. And that's going to help us sustain growth, grow margins, and continue to deliver strong cash flow conversion. We were a bit slow getting started with the M&A bolt-ons, but 2022 wasn't the year to be buying, in our opinion. I think that's changed now. And there is a fantastic opportunity for us to consolidate a very fragmented market for technology and help advisors and intermediaries get the great tech they need on one connected platform. I'm really pleased we've started to make progress with that in recent months. We take a look firstly at our intermediary services division. Great scale and some good growth coming through in that business in terms of its ability to generate profits. We've been able to progress the technology development and we're turning more of our people services into software and people services. This is going to help us grow a bit quicker and also continue to increase margins in the business. There are a lot of regulatory pressures for intermediaries and for the product providers, and we've built the technology that's going to solve those problems. So the investments we've been making in recent months and years give us just the capabilities that we need to help our customers succeed right now. We're strengthening our core compliance offering, expanding the services, and I believe we're going to be taking on higher value clients and winning more tier one clients as we move forward with the business. It's the strongest team we've ever had, and I think we're in a fantastic position to grow the intermediary services division from a very strong platform. The next divisional update is distribution channels. You heard from Matt in the beginning of the talk that our focus has been to move product providers from the previous annual marketing contracts to a more high quality and sustainable managed distribution service. What this means is we do multi-year agreements with the asset managers and the mortgage companies and the insurers. So they buy into our platform, they take more software from us and we give them a portal that helps them understand what's happening in the intermediary market and connect their product messages and education directly to the intermediaries. It's going down really well. About 80% of our revenue has been converted from annual contracts to recurring distribution as a service. And again, this deeply increases the engagement that we have with product providers. And I think it's going to be an excellent platform for us to sell additional data products and market analysis to this audience as time moves forward. And the third division to focus on for the period is fintech and research. It's generated great growth in revenues, great growth in profitability, 
as David has said, we continue to invest in the product capabilities of this business, most recently with cash flow planning and pension switching, GIA and ISA switching. So this gives the advisors who are on our tech platform more client workflows they can use. And this is going to help them to write more business, look after more clients effectively and profitably as well. We are the most comprehensive and integrated financial planning system in the market. And I think this is going to help sustain and drive growth for us, not only as we take on new advisors, but as the existing base of advisors that we have upgrade their license to take more product from us. Because of the scale of this product, we have fantastic and unique insights into how customers' situations are changing and how advisors are giving advice. And of course, this generates massive amounts of potential value for the product providers as well. As there is so much change in the world in terms of the economies, client needs and preferences and product innovation, we are uniquely placed to help people figure out what's going on and help them de-risk their product lifecycle choices as well. So great performance and again, strategically set to continue to grow and serve our customers in fintech and research. I'd mentioned about the fragmented nature of the technology market in UK financial services. The needs of customers are getting more complex. The product providers are innovating and creating new solutions. And we need to bring more of that tech stack together on a single platform. And MyCap is a great example of our ability to do this. It is a fantastic market leading service for advisors to research tax advantaged products, EIS, VCT, business property relief, the kinds of specialist products that are very sophisticated, but quite complicated as well. And we can take MyCap and bring it onto the de facto platform, greatly extending its reach and connecting it in with all of that rich customer data that we have. We think the tax incentivized savings landscape is going to be very attractive going forward in an environment of lower returns, more volatility, high inflation and interest rates. Clients are going to need to look at more esoteric products and to pay much more attention to tax as well. So I think this acquisition is a brilliant extension of the de facto platform. And I think it's going to drive growth for us as this market becomes more mainstream in the months to come. The next acquisition we've been able to complete is Competent Advisor. This is a learning and competency platform for the regulated market. We've worked with this company for years. So we have a system they built for us. We know the people, we know the quality of what they produce. And now bringing it into Fintel gives us an extended customer base to take our other products to. And it also helps us to take all of our regulatory IP and knowledge and start to systemize it within the competent advisor platform. So really excited the team have joined Fintel. They're a brilliant uh, group of people and we're already starting to innovate some new product ideas and look at how we get those revenue synergies delivered from the acquisition. The third investment we've made in period is in a company called Planner. This is a very early stage, but quite innovative and disruptive technology player in CRM. Planner has a very modular and API first approach to building technology. And I think they're going to help us connect in more things around the market. 
They've got a great product of their own, uh, proof of concept with around 60 customers already onboarded with that. And they're looking at how they can help join up more of the tech and data across Fintel and deliver faster integration. So uh, really excited, early stage, of course, but really excited to see how this will develop and uh, help us do more with the capability we already have in the business as well. And the last thing of really material note to mention is the strengthening of a long-standing partnership we've had with IntelliFlow. Fintel represents around 25% of the IntelliFlow business in terms of its license base. And over many years, we've had enormous success taking their technology out to help advisors, large and small, deal with CRM, customer record management, and back office. And so I'm really pleased that we've renewed a strategic partnership for at least the next five years. It gives us a very robust platform to work on together. As David's described, it changes a little the shape of the revenues, but not the earnings. And it really leaves us focused on the things that are most important to us, looking at data integration and building more regulatory workflows without having to get embroiled in all of the credit risk and um, top, le- top line li- license revenue management, which is very much IntelliFlow's um, remit rather than ours. So I think it's a really strong commitment and one that's going to help both of our organizations deliver value and, of course, deliver crucial services and extensions to the advisor market. A few words about current trading and outlook. We all know that things are turbulent again. There are big economic tailwinds and volatility again. There's huge regulatory change and disruption again, but that's really our bread and butter as an organization. We've always positioned ourselves as a defensive growth stock. So when change happens in this sector, regulatory economic product innovation, people come to Fintel. We help them find the solutions that are going to deal with today's challenges, pivot their business models where it's required and understand on the ground what's happening, changing attitudes, changing behaviours of advisors and consumers. The increased regulatory change and volatility is a tailwind to our continued growth. We're very confident of trading in line with the expectations confident start to the year. Strategic development of our platform means that we've got the products and services that our customers are going to need next. It will drive continued organic growth for the business and accretive growth in earnings, margin, cash conversion. And we're going to accelerate that now with a very selective but well-chosen pipeline of M&A as we consolidate technology around our sector bring it onto our platform, we can distribute it more quickly and we can create unique product innovation by putting our different data sets and capabilities together. So we think we're very well positioned to continue to thrive in the current environment. And a quick summary of those things, as you've heard, we continue to bring technology and people services together in Fintel, making the best of the de facto and simply biz businesses and creating new product and revenue streams from the fantastic scale that we have. We continue to invest in our brands, trusted brands that are longstanding and established in their markets. And these are the beacons that people come to when the world becomes uncertain and change 
comes about. The flywheel of value creation is accelerating as we take what we've learned in one part of the market and turn it into product and insights in the other parts of the market, adding value to all three stakeholder groups in UK retail. We continue to develop our scale. Uh, it's very important for us to have this reach and scale, which accelerates growth and product distribution and position ourselves to do a good job for the customers, essentially. As the next set of changes come along and the next set of challenges come along, we're there ready with a great product platform to make sure we're supporting them and we can grow. I think um, in terms of closing remarks, I think Neil, David and myself feel that the first half of the year has been um, a really strong period for Fintel. As I say, against the difficult market backdrop, we've grown the business organically. We've improved our EBITDA margin. We've grown our cash position and we've also increased our dividend by 10%. And on top of a um, good financial performance, we've also delivered two strategic acquisitions, an investment into a uh, new style technology business, as well as the strengthening of a five-year contract with an existing supplier. So I think it's been a, a really encouraging start to the year, uh, and we look forward to um, updating everyone on the full-year results. Thank you very much. PI World videos and podcasts are for general information and interest. They do not constitute any kind of recommendation or inducement to buy shares of any company. PI World is not offering any kind of financial advice and nothing in our material should be taken as such.